and welcome to In On The Act, a podcast by the Storyhouse Young Programmers. I'm Alice and I'm here with Katie. Hi. And we are two of the Storyhouse Young Programmers team. In today's episode, we are going to be talking about the backstage and behind the scenes of the theatre industry. We will be discussing different career options and roles backstage, along with an exclusive interview with some of Storyhouse's key backstage team. First up, we're going to give you a little introduction to some of the key roles and what they do. First up is the company manager. They sort out payroll, transport, scheduling, and most things technical and press. They also deal with publicity. Next, we have the stage manager. They're like the crazy parents of the show and they create every rehearsal schedule. They're responsible for creating performance logs for each show that detail any technical, artistic, or temperament problems that arise during the run. They work with house managers to do unexpected events, such as delays, technical difficulties, or even weather issues that might like mess with the performance. And they're responsible for making sure actors are on time to rehearsal and contracting them if they're running late. They basically do anything with planning and managing the process and performing the show. Then there's the assistant stage manager or the ASM. You have to be an assistant stage manager if you want to become a stage manager at some point. They report directly to the stage manager. They're tasked with any assistance or jobs needed by the stage manager. And their primary task is to take notes on blocking and cues during rehearsal. They run errands, make copies of the script and wrangle the cast back from their dinner break. Next we have the Deputy Stage Manager or DSM. The main things they do are instruct the technician's sound and lighting box to begin the performance, follow the script throughout performance and cue every lighting change, sound effect, music or scene change. They also record everything that happens during the script during rehearsals so that actors and directors can keep an accurate record of everything that that needs to happen during the production. They also record any changes made to the script during production. Then there's the technician, or just tech team. They operate technical equipment and systems. They do set construction, the sound and lighting operation, lighting design and lighting board operation. We also have marketing. They're responsible for promoting the theatre in the press, on social media and in the community. And then last but not least, we have the finance manager. Their overall responsibility is to take care of the budget of the show. So that was a little introduction to the behind the scenes of the theatre. And now we're going to be talking to some of Storyhouse's key backstage staff. Hello. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm good. Um, So thank you so much for being here today and for being on the episode. Um, Could you introduce yourselves and what you do. (laughs) Hello, um, my name is Helen Redford and I'm Associate Producer at Storyhouse. Hello, uh, I'm Chelsea and I am the Finance Assistant at Storyhouse. Um, We're a very small finance team, there's only three of us, so yeah, so that's what I do. (laughs) I'm Alec, I've been working for Storyhouse as a casual technician for about two years now, um, which basically means that I'm not full-time like some of the guys there, but when they have extra technical work going, I can just, well, I get an email from Andy, the technical manager. I can say yes or no, and then that's how I've been building my skills up, basically. So I've been doing it alongside another job and just fitting it in when I can. Okay, so our first kind of proper question is, what path did you take to get to the job you are in now? How did you develop the skills you need to the job? And kind of what jobs did you do while you were training? Like the, the steps you took to get to where you are now? So I think the first jobs I did were when I was still at school. I did loads of dance and drama and stuff like that. But then I realised that as much as I loved doing that, that it was always going to be a hobby for me. So I started helping organise the classes and I worked on the reception desk actually at my dance uh, dancing school, organising when all the lessons would be and which rooms they would all be in, which weirdly has kind of come full circle because I do a bit of that at Storyhouse as well now in terms of rehearsals. But I think that's when I uh, started to know that I didn't want to be a performer. I actually um, more enjoyed the organisational bits of it. And um, then I 
uh, I went to sixth form and, and did, uh, we, there was only drama A-level, uh, theatre studies it was called, um, A-level, which again was more on the theory rather than the practical side of things. And I realised actually I quite enjoyed that as well, looking into uh, how things were made and why things were made and the like different literature involved in different scripts and productions and uh, different ways of working. So uh, that's when I started getting really interested in directing. And then I, uh, what other, I mean, I did, I did a range of jobs during that. Like I worked in a bar, in a cafe, in a nightclub, um, all of which has probably given me more experience to deal with <laughs> some of the things I have to deal with at the moment rather than any university or college training to be honest because it's all about talking to people and you know trying to get on the right side of people so you get the best out of them and knowing how to deal with a range of different people in really short exchanges sometimes so all of that I think taught me to be uh, I don't know quite personable which when you're getting to know actors really quickly or directors and you've got five minutes with them before they start rehearsals and you need them to trust you and to be able to come to you. I think just working in bars and pubs and being around people um, really taught me that, to be honest, rather than any training. Uh, then I went to university, but to be honest, I didn't really know which bit of theatre I wanted to work in, if at all. But so I went, I did a degree in um, theatre production, but it was mainly, di it was weirdly mainly direction. And uh, I really wanted to work in phys physical theatre, which is like mad now when I think about it. Um, but I think it's because I really like movement and dance. And I thought that was a bit of a hybrid between theatre, um, which I have straight, I mean, I love physical theatre. I love watching it, believe me, but I definitely would not be in it anymore <laughs> it would be the worst thing you'd ever see and it's not it's not really something that I, I produce any at the moment either and um, but I did that with I did a split degree with film and television as well because I, I didn't know whether I wanted to do that but during um university I worked in um I worked in a fancy dress shop doing alterations on costumes which helped me I worked in a um I worked in a ballet shop fitting point shoes, um, which is another random bow to my string that I don't use anymore. <laughs> uh, and I worked in pubs. Where else did I work? Oh, I mean, I did loads of, I can't I don't know whether I'm going off on one now, but mainly I did loads of work experience in theatres because I went to university down in London. Um, because I'm from up here, well, I'm from Blackpool originally. Um, and all I ever wanted to do was go down south, which lasted all of four years until I realised the north was the place for me. <laughs> so um, I went to university in London and used it to my advantage and worked. I, I always thought I'd want to work in the West End, which uh, I turned out I didn't because I did a work experience placement there and, and was like, well, I'm not sure this is the time for theatre. I want to be working in big musicals. Um, but then I did loads of work experience in places like there's a smaller theatre called the Orange Tree in Richmond in um, London, which is really small, uh, seats about 100. They make all of their own work. And I was crew there just volunteering. I didn't get paid and um, basically taking scenery on and off. Um, and that's when I knew that's the sort of theatre I wanted to be involved in. And I also liked the hands on and I liked making things and working with actors and making like, uh, a more intense, intimate theatre rather than the big musicals. Um, but yeah, and then at, after university, I went straight in to be an assistant stage manager. What show did you do your work experience on on the West End? Oh God, it was a show called High Society. Um, it's, uh, I love that, it, to be honest, it made me love that style of film. It's a, it's a, it's um, a musical from a film that Grace Kelly was in, in like the 50s. And it's a beautiful show. It's just, it's, the West End is massive backstage. So it's like where we have five people doing something, the West End will have about 35 people doing it. And you're just like a bit more like a cog in a machine. 
um, yeah. until you get to like making the decisions, which there are about six people in this country that make those decisions. That's how ridiculous it is. You, you just, you're not as much part of a team. Well, I, I didn't feel it. I know I've got, I work with people who absolutely love it. And most of the people I used to do, there's a drama school called um, Bristol Old Vic that has a really good stage management course. And I used to do the um, training interviews for them just before they'd leave to start trying to get jobs. I, I went and interviewed for them, but coming from um, a rep theatre background. So what you do is you pretend that they're interviewing to come and work with you. And at the time I used to work at um, a theatre in Bolton. So they'd come and pretend to interview for a job there. And literally, uh, I got very few people that didn't sit down and go when I go, so why do you want to work um, in producing repertory theatre? They'd go, we don't. We want to work in the West End on the massive musicals. I'd be like, well, charming. Thanks. (laughs) But um, yeah, but I think it's a once you you just get more involved in this in the size and scale of theatre that you do in in like a small community like like story house like those theatres i hate it when we get called regional theatres because we're just theatre we just make a different type of theatre um but yeah it just feels like you can have more of an input and more of a say and more of a comment on society and the situations people are going through I, I don't get me wrong i love i love going to see a big musical and um, they're just not necessarily the things that I really want to work on. That's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. No, sorry, I just got sidetracked on the theatre nerd stuff there. <laughs> no, so, no, be a theatre nerd, believe me. Um, so I came, I did my A-levels and I did my A-levels in business studies, ICT and graphic design which all within themselves completely different. <laughs> um, at that point, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, I'd done work experience in so many random places. I'd done it in the body shop. I'd done it in, um, I'd actually done it in an accounting firm. And at that point, I decided, I actually said to myself, well, I don't ever want to do that. <laughs> I'd done it in loads of random places. Um, similar to Helen, I'd worked in pubs, um, restaurants, all sorts. And I came to the end of my A-levels and um, everyone was getting ready for uni and there was a lot of pressure from our head of sixth form to go after uni and I always kind of knew it wasn't really for me um, it just wasn't something I was particularly up to I didn't really fancy it at all so I decided to apply for apprenticeships and I decided to try and find one in finance because my favourite A-level was business so I thought oh right okay I'll pursue that and it was probably one of the best decisions I made. I, there was a lot of times where I doubted myself because obviously a lot of my friends went to uni and like I said, there was a lot of pressure from school to try and go off to uni instead. But um, no, I'm, I'm glad I did that. So yeah, I got an apprenticeship and um, it, it was an accounts apprenticeship. It was in a small firm in Chester, just on, I think it's Lower Bridge Street. Um, no, Lower Watergate Street, sorry. And the, it was a small firm, it was probably about 10 of us, it wasn't loads of us. And... Um, it was great. It was, I did that from the age of 18 and did for three years. It was a three-year apprenticeship. And while I was studying that, they put you through something called your AAT. So your AAT is kind of like your stepping stones to getting into finance and especially obviously accountancy and stuff. But then that helps path the way for if you want to become things like a bookkeeper or that specialist, anything to do with finance and accounting. Um, but as the apprenticeship went on, I kind of realised that I'm a little bit more of a... Um, a social butterfly <laughs> than that kind of role but I really enjoyed working in finance it was, it was quite difficult really I had to make the decision am I going to swap careers here because working in an office wasn't quite what I wanted to do and um, I wasn't really interacting with people as much as I wanted to be so and then the job came up here at Storyhouse that they're looking for a, um, a finance assistant within their finance team so Straight away, I was like, oh, okay. Um, completely, being completely honest, I've never stepped foot in the building before. No idea, really. I um, wasn't too sure what to expect. And I walked in and had my interview and thought, you know what, this is great for me. It was, it was that balance of 
doing what I did, wanted to do as a career, but also having the social side of it because there's literally you can't predict what you're going to do any day whatsoever. Like one day I'm actually working on the the management accounts with with, with Roz, and another day I'm helping the bees and extracting the honey. <laughs> but it's great. It's lovely and. Um, but there's so many courses. Um, but one thing I'll definitely say is university isn't the be all and end all. If it's not the route you decide to do, then there's, there's so many other courses out there. The AAT course that I did is available, I think, at most community, like local and community colleges and stuff. So there's so many higher education courses. So yeah, there's lots of different routes and it was, it was great. And it's got me to where I was probably going to end up going anyway, because if I went to university, I probably would have studied accountancy. So I think I would have ended up in the same place anyway. So. So yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, when I first sort of decided that I wanted to do theatre technician work as an actual job instead of just at school, um, I sent off a load of emails to theatres and what the one response I got at the time actually was from Theatre Cluid in Wales. Um, and they offered me a day's work experience where I found that a lot of the skills that I have from working, because I work as maintenance in a factory, a lot of those transferred over. So I was like, ooh, I can actually do this. And then from there, through a friend of mine, uh, Yasmin, who I owe a lot to, because I definitely wouldn't have my current job without her, um, got me into Storyhouse on a young takeover event. I pulled a 13 hour shift volunteering. <laughs> And then I pulled a few more volunteering shifts and eventually they were like, hey, would you like a job? And here I am. So yeah, right place at the right time, which I think is the case for a lot of people in this industry. Nice. Those 13 hour young leader, young stuff, volunteering shifts. Yeah. <laughs> Staple of Storyhouse. So on to the next question. It kind of relates to the previous question was, did you always want to work backstage or was there a time where you wanted to work somewhere else? And what made you change your plan and what made you get into the arts? Um, well, there was there was a brief period where I thought I might want to be on stage, but um, my sister's actually an actor and she went, she's four years older than me and went to drama school and left and I, very quickly realised how hard it was to be an actor and how out of con your control that job is. And I, I am a bit of a control freak. So I was like, God, I can't do that. That's horrible. Going up to audition after audition and getting told no, 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 or getting told nothing at all. So I quickly realised I didn't want to do that. I, I also thought for quite a few years I wanted to be a teacher. Um, both my parents were teachers. So I think it was a natural thing. But again, I soon realised that actually it wasn't necessarily the teaching, it was all the organisation that went with that that I really enjoyed. I used to go and help my mum at least once a week in her primary school, um, working with the kids and stuff. And I, I just, I really loved that. But it was, um, I think it was all, I, I was never great at school, but I loved all the extracurricular activities I did in terms of, dancing and drama and making the sets and stuff and for all the stuff for school I was in quite a lot of stuff but I was definitely doing a lot more than that behind the scenes because as I say I'm a control freak so if I had a costume then I had to make it because I didn't trust anyone else to make it and if there was a set to be built then I was designing it because <laughs> I really wanted to be in control of everything um, which isn't necessarily a very good trait, but um, it wasn't. It wasn't until my second year at university that I knew I wanted to work backstage, and in particularly in stage management, which is where I've been for the last. I'm not going to tell you how many years, but quite a fair few years. Um, I've been stage management in in different theatres, mainly around the northwest. But um, that's when I realised I didn't. I didn't, I, I just wanted to be hands-on and practical and uh, work on loads of different projects while, rather than just one for a long time. I think that's where the West End thing didn't suit me as well and the touring thing is I, I quite liked 
when you work in producing theatre, you tend to be at producing a new show sort of every four weeks and you move on and then you leave one behind and you move on to another one with a different cast and a different crew and different creatives. And that's that's uh, when I knew that's what I wanted to do. Uh, is when I was in my second year at university and I did work experience um, actually up in Bolton at the theatre that I ended up working at. That's that. That's really great, thank you. Um, to be honest, I didn't think I ever expected or planned to end up working within the arts. It was all quite a bit of a, a shock to me, really. Um, I think when I was younger, um, I used to com uh, compete with ballet, so I did that up until my teens. So I thought, oh, when I was little, I always thought I was going to be a ballerina. So I did not anticipate I was going to be working in finance. Um, but moving into the arts has given me a lot of appreciation for the sector to be honest I didn't realize how much work goes into getting a production like getting the curtains up in every production it's just crazy and um yeah I think the, the most valuable thing for me for working in the arts and what I'd probably say to other people to motivate them to work in a role whether it be an actor or backstage is you don't just you're not just working in your normal job you, you become part of like this lovely community and it's like a little bit of a, a family it's, it's lovely so I'd probably say I didn't really know much about the arts before I started in my role here but even though I obviously only work in finance and it's a bit more of a backstage kind of role my interest and my respect for the arts has massively grown as I've been a part of it that's really great thank you <laughs> that's really nice so our next question is obviously like the big cliche question is what's the best part of your job uh definitely the best part of my job this follows on from something chelsea was just saying are the people you get to work with um and i'm realizing that so much more now going through what we are all going through at the moment is is the people that you get to work with full time within a building especially like story house but it's also the people you bring in on an individual like project basis like i was saying before we'll work with lots of different teams throughout the year so it's not just the same person and all of those people come with different skills and experiences and different ethos is and it's like that's the the big thing for me is that family environment where everybody you're never made to feel in this well definitely not a story house there are other um theaters and cultural senses where you might be made to feel like this but you'll never feel you never feel like you don't have a voice everybody is listened to and that's being in groups of people who all feel like that um just it really it it, it just becomes not like a job it becomes they are your family and it's the day say and there are I don't think there are any other jobs that are like that personally I think um, we're really lucky and sometimes that can get a bit much because it, it, it is a job and sometimes you find yourself working stupid amount of hours because you care so much about it and you care about all those other people and you realize everyone else is doing the same but um, I'd rather do that than work nine to five in a job where nobody really cared what you thought or what you felt about things and didn't give you an in into helping create stuff and um, I think we're really really lucky and privileged to be able to do that in this sector um, that's that is the people are definitely the best bit about my job and I include like the audience in that because I'm really lucky in that I get to start a project at the beginning and see it all the way through to the end and you see all those people that you've brought on and hope were the right people for those jobs start creating something usually along the lines of what you wanted them to create but so, sometimes so much better than what you ever thought was going to be created and the audience reaction at the end is I mean obviously I think that's why most actors do their job is to stand on stage and get a round of applause but you do forget that there's a whole host of people backstage who all feel the same and because you've had such an input into a project that you're so invested in it that you really genuinely want to know especially somewhere like Chester where there's a proper community around the theatre you really want to do stuff that they really like or really or really gets them thinking or you know you just want a reaction basically that's why you produce theatre so 
those people from start to, to, to end, you know, to the applause or not applause or just questions or um, from the audience are, are the best bit of my job. That was really sweet. <laughs> Phil, I think I agree. I think the people and the purpose why you're there in the first place is definitely one of the most heartwarming things that you could possibly get out of a job. And there's there's a reason why every single person's in the role that they are, whether they're working as like a librarian or a chef or an actor or in finance. <laughs> they're there for a reason. That the whole from from the very start, a production needs all these people to add it um, to make it what it is. And there's so much that goes on in the background, and everyone plays a part. And it's so crucial that everyone's got their input on that and had their say on it and done a bit of their work on it and it's just a when we go to see these shows like especially when we go see our lovely Christmas shows it's so heartwarming just to think that every single person that you deal with every day have all had their own little input in it in some way whether they're just helping out with like paying an invoice or helping out by getting people into the building encouraging someone to take out a book like, it's all going to the same thing like we're all there for the same reason and working in on the same cause and that's just lovely I, I don't think there's many jobs outside of the arts where you get that feeling and it's just it's just feeling that that's that feeling of importance and being uh welcome somewhere I just think that's lovely and of course I love looking after the bees <laughs> that's always good as well <laughs> that feeling when you're at the it's it, it, even the first show or the last show it, it's just when when you spent a week I don't know if you guys have ever been involved in in tech phases of shows, but it's it's arduous. Um, you know, you're, you're finishing at eleven o'clock at night every day, and you're tired, and you're like, "Why am I doing this?" And then the show opens the next day, and you get a stand innovation or a massive round of applause, and you can feel the audience buzzing off this thing that all however many of you have created, and. You can't beat that feeling. That's why I'm in it. Definitely. Nice. So the next question that we have is, is there anything that you have learned about your job that you didn't know when you first started out? And when you were young, do you think you thought you would be where you are today? Um, yeah, also I've learned loads since I started. Um, the main thing I'd say really is how many people work backstage. So on, on your average show, the amount of people that you don't see, you've got the duty stage manager, you've got assistant stage managers, you've got one or two follow spot operators, a lighting operator, sound operator, <laughs> you know, um, uh, people for costume and all that kind of side of things that I don't really know. So there's loads and loads of opportunities. Um, what was the second half of the question, sorry? When you were younger, do you think you thought you would be where you are today? Oh, um, um, no, I suppose not. So the first kind of introduction I had to theatre was when I was at high school and I was just a stage crew on one of our, our school shows. And I wasn't able to get into the technical side of things then because I didn't pick performing arts as a GCSE option. But I just knew that I loved the buzz of being involved in the shows. So that's kind of what made me pursue it. Um, no, um, I, I remember the first time I worked on a touring show at Storyhouse, I was like, am I ready for this? Like, am I qualified? And yeah, so no, absolutely not. But it's brilliant. <laughs> Great, thank you. Um, I have definitely learned especially over the past year since I've been producing I had no idea how much theatre costs to make <laughs> it cost a lot of money all those people and things and costumes um, I think when you go and watch something quite rightly you don't, you're not supposed to think about any of that stuff so I've been watching theatre and to be honest, I've been involved in theatre. Like when you're stage managing, you only really know about the cost of props and stuff like that. Um, but when you see production budgets as a whole, it's like, oh my God. And when you start breaking it all down, 
into people and things and fabrics and materials to make things with it all adds up to a lot um but then again that's why like i was saying before it's uh, really worth it when you see it all come to fruition and um it's created created the thing that you wanted it to be in the end or not like some projects you can do and you spend a hell of a lot of money on them and then you see it in the dress run and you go oh no that wasn't supposed to look like that and how does that bit of set look so cheap it costs thousands like why is it not working properly and oh gosh that costume we hired it's even fitter like there's all it's all of that bit that i didn't I didn't realise before I started doing this. Um, the, I mean, the other thing that I don't think I realised, like, if they go into the, when I was younger, did I think I'd be doing this? Um, honestly, no. Uh, I, I, there's a, there's a, there's a really stupid thought amongst a lot of people that what I do isn't a proper job. Um, and I think definitely my parents still ask me now when I'm going to get a proper job, uh, which basically means a nine to five job or to become a teacher like them, which I think is why I rebelled away from doing the teaching in the first place, um, because they kept asking me when I was going to do it. Uh, so, no. Uh, yeah, when I was younger, no, I thought by now I'd probably have a really sensible job um, that was just Monday to Friday and had really set hours. Um, and a, a, a couple of years ago, I tried to go into that and do that because I thought that's what my life needed. But it turns out I really missed it all. And anyway, what is a proper job? Nurses work all hours God sent. So that's always my comeback to my mum and dad. So who, just because oh, I can't say anything about school teachers because they would go mad if I said school teachers only work till three o'clock. I can hear them now going, yeah, I'm the rest. Um, so, no, I didn't think I'd still be doing this, but I am. And I just really enjoy it. And it's at the, the going back to the first bit of the question is that I didn't realise how much it would become my life and like takes over everything but it's because i want it to and i really love doing it so um, and you really invest in it especially in a building like story house you want to do your best for that building because you can see how much everyone else is working like Haley and chelsea and you guys work so hard to get good stuff in and get people in and make it welcoming you just everybody starts to muck in around you so you want to do or everything you can to make that and any production a success um, and I, but I didn't realize that I thought you'd clock in and clock out and not think about it when you got home which is just isn't true but how boring would that job be <laughs> thank you I think that your job is really interesting and you probably have so much going on that's just really exciting probably how much hard work goes into each production i did not anticipate how i can't believe how much has to go into it from just the work from individuals and teams and there's so much thought that has to go into every tiny little detail and like helen just said like even little things like when i go and maybe like have a look at the theater when they're setting up ready for a new show and they're trying to get like the set together and they're moving the maybe moving like the the theater into um proscenium mode like, it's just crazy like i literally could not even fathom unless i worked at storyhouse i couldn't even fathom how much hard work that goes into it and um yeah so that's definitely the most important thing that i've learned is the admiration i've got for people for how much dedication they've got to what they do um and when i was younger i definitely did not predict that i'd be doing the role that i'm doing um, I've been at Story House for two years and 11 months. And if you asked me three years ago, do you think you'll ever work in the arts? I probably would have said no. <laughs> it literally came out of nowhere. But it's probably one of the best decisions I've made. And I know it's not much to say because I'm only 24, so I've got probably a lot more decisions to make. But um, yeah, it's been great and I love it. And yeah, I just could not anticipate what's going to happen tomorrow. So, and that's the best part about it even though I'm working in finance and normally you straight away you think of finance and you think of someone in an office and uh, drinking coffee and 
working in this like lovely building doing that returns over and over and over again it's nice that I don't actually know what the next day will bring so yeah and but I think that's I think that's really good I think a lot of people underestimate how much actually goes into putting on a show or a play so now we have our next question is how do people react when they find out what you do and is there any assumptions that people have when you first tell them that are just wrong yes yeah, an interesting question that so a lot of people I don't normally describe myself as working in the arts I guess I, I'd I normally introduce my job as I'm a theatre technician and then people go oh so you're an actor no no I, I work behind the scenes um I guess yep yeah, yeah the, the, I don't I've never really experienced a negative reaction um when I introduce my job it's more just people are interested because I think a lot of people when they come to see theatre shows they they don't think that much about that but then when you introduce yourself as someone who works behind the shows they're like oh so like and and they've got loads of questions about trap doors and trap doors and that kind of thing <laughs> um yeah I, I don't know yeah yeah I, I think because I I'm currently in a position where I'm looking to transfer from doing this very much part-time to potentially full-time in the future and when I say that to people who are like close to me like my family and my friends it's always like are you sure that's a good idea um <laughs> it, it doesn't help my mindset on the whole thing either because there's this sort of vision of you know or you'll be what as as I think um Helen said before you're doing loads of hours, the money's not good, all this and that and the other, but they've not been involved in that, so they don't know, you know, that feeling it gives you. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's the only really negative impression I've got, that people are like, you know, is it going to be a good job for you? But I think it is, hopefully. <laughs> Thank you. That's a good answer. Um Yes, it's exactly the same as Alec. Whenever you say, oh, I work in theatre or anything, everyone goes, oh, are you an actor? What have you been in? And you go, oh, no, sorry, I'm a producer or I'm a stage manager or, or any of the other roles that I've done over the years. And they go, oh, right, okay. Because they don't really know what it is. <laughs> so they don't, because obviously all anybody sees, quite rightly, unless something's gone wrong, are the actors. Um, so, but then, yeah, people are genuinely quite interested. I think I'm quite grateful for, I'm sometimes quite wary when people ask me what I do in saying I work in theatre because for years, like we're coming out of it now, but I think for years, um, theatre was quite elitist. And I think people, only people with money could afford to go to it so i was always a bit wary because sometimes people shut down with you when you go work in theater because they get think oh i don't well i don't know anything about you or i don't i won't understand that or you're really poncy or like oh I, you know i it's just shakespeare that's all theater is and i was made to do it at school and that's where my relationship with that ended so i don't really want to talk to you about that because they make assumptions about you um so but Working at Storyhouse really, really helps that because I don't just work in theatre, I work at Storyhouse. So people then go, oh, brilliant, I've been to the library there or I've been to the cinema there or I went to see Lee Mack on the stage there. And you're like, yeah, yeah, that's it's all of that. It's all of that. And that, not to be really cheesy, but that proves what a brilliant thing Storyhouse is doing because it's making the doors to those theatres open to everybody not just me going, like, even having worked on Comedy of Errors, I'm sometimes really careful of people, oh, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, Comedy of Errors, it, it shakes, I sometimes even go, it's Shakespeare, just to like go, oh, and then it's really interesting though, some people are like, oh yeah, no, we go to the park because it's open air and you can have a picnic and it's a nice event every year. So you're like, oh, that's fine, we, you know, you're in, we can chat about that now. I don't, I just, I'm always wary about making people uh, have assumptions about me and, and uh, because I work in theatre and that's it. But I don't, I work at Storyhouse, which is massive and has loads of stuff with lo loads of people. And that's what theatre should be as well. 
but um, it's not always been like that. It's not always a great introduction. Um, I had a, a brief time working because, as I said before, my degree was in TV as well. So at one point I thought, when I was trying to get my work-life balance back, I thought, oh, I'll work in TV because the production company I work for only worked Monday to Fridays. But I worked on Coronation Street, which um, I'm just realising this has been recorded. So how much should I say in case I need a job there again? <laughs> uh, it, it, uh, it wasn't really the job for me. Really lovely people, but um, there wasn't that family environment of being involved like you are in theatre. But it was definitely more of a conversation starter because Coronation Street is obviously way more accessible to more people than theatre has been. So when you go, oh, I worked on TV and they go, what do you work on Coronation Street? Nearly everybody in this country knows what it is and either love it or hate it. So it's always a really nice conversation starter. But um, I think, I guess that's where I, I would love to get theatre to, you know, to go. And I think Storyhouse does that. Because if I say, I always go, I work in Storyhouse, mainly, mainly in the theatre bit but um, I kind of try and work across all of it. Then they'll go, oh, actually, we, we've been to the library there, but we also saw you've got this on and this on. And then I can go, oh, yeah, so that piece of theatre was about this, this and this, and, and try and explain stuff to make them go, oh, yeah, no, that sounds cool, and maybe I'll pop in and see that. Um, but, yeah, so that's where we're trying to get to. Um, but that's the main reaction I get. From people either oh my god it's amazing your life must be really glamorous because you work in theatre and I'm stood in like my wellies with mud up to me because I'm in the open air covered usually I mean I won't show you my ankles because it would be inappropriate but there's definitely still mud on them from being down the park today <laughs> um, but uh, yeah so no it's not glamorous but it is fun um, and hopefully it is not elitist anymore <laughs> so that was really interesting. And I get the whole mixed reactions thing. Because when you tell people you're interested in theatre, they either go, oh my gosh, me too, what's your favourite show? Or they go, you're a theatre kid? It's like, ew. So <laughs> that was really interesting. Thank you. Sorry, if there's any funny noises, my tortoise is just doing laps of his enclosure at the moment, making loads of noise. I'm sorry, there's weird noises in the background. <laughs> just looking at it, won't stop it. Um, but... I get some really weird reactions actually and it's really funny. I find it quite funny. I've had, I'd probably say a good handful of people that said, ooh, I didn't think of the finance function of a theatre. And you feel like saying back some, well it's a good job someone did otherwise no one's getting paid. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I think I've had that a lot more than I expected. So, so yeah, I get a lot of mixed reactions. A lot of people are really interested. And that's great because I'm guilty of it before I even started here. I would not have even thought of the finance function of a theatre or of what Storyhouse is, like a multicultural centre. It wouldn't even cross my mind. Um, people assuming what I do would definitely be, like I mentioned before, um, if you say you work in finance, they assume you're in this glass modern office and wear a suit. Definitely don't do that. I wear jeans every day. Um, drinking coffee all day. Um, sitting on the clock working for clients and things like that and to be honest when I started in finance that was probably my assumption too so I love that there's places like Storyhouse that kind of break those assumptions and make you realise that you can work in the career that you want to do but you can do it in a different kind of environment and like I said when I did my apprenticeship I absolutely loved it and I'm grateful that it got me into the career I wanted to do but it was not the it was not what I wanted. I didn't want to be in that stereotype. I wanted to be in a social atmosphere where the work that I was doing was contributing to something good. And the fact that I work in the arts, I think, gives you that balance. So, yeah. Um, that was really great. Thank you. Um, the final question now is, what is some advice that you would give to yourself when you were first starting out? Okay, so um, for me, that would have been to probably to start sooner um i waited until i'd already got my job in my other company where i work and then i kind of sort of thought oh i miss doing the shows at school 
And what I did is I shut a load of emails off to all of the theatres, <laughs> got very few responses, and then luckily through uh, sort of mutual friends, eventually got into Storyhouse and things have kicked off from there. But I think if I'd have found a way to be doing some technician work, you know, like on, on a voluntary basis whilst I was in school, then when it came to when I left school at year 11 or if I'd have carried on for eight levels, I'd have probably, instead of, you know, just doing what I did, which was apply for about 20 apprenticeships in engineering, I'd have considered that as a route to go into. And that wouldn't have, um, then I'd have kind of avoided the situation I'm in now, where I'm in a nice stable job, which pays the bills. And I'm like, oh, do I want to leave that to go to the theatre? And is it a silly decision? And I'd have avoided all that. And I'd have also, you know, obviously gained skills a lot sooner. So I'd have been a much more employable person. Not that I won't be eventually. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Again, I hope this, what I'm about to say, isn't as relevant anymore, because obviously I'm 100 years old compared to you guys. So, But I think the advice I would have given myself is don't be intimidated, because when I first came into this industry, it was re really male-orientated. Sorry, Alec, love you, don't, don't get me wrong. <laughs> but um, I definitely should have upskilled on certain skills that were perceived then as being skills that only men had. And I, I regret almost every week in the job that I do at the moment. I remember having a conversation with my first stage manager, who was a guy called Scott. And I said, I really need to do, um, I want to do a short course on carpentry and woodwork. So I, I understand the different materials and how to make things. And I remember him specifically saying, and he wasn't being funny at the time, he said, oh, but you don't need to do that because I can do that. And I went, oh, oh, right, okay. And then um, like, did a course on reading music instead because then I could be a DSM and follow music, which was obviously a great thing to do. But I remember being thinking, oh God. And now, even now I'm like, even when I know how to do things, I still have that sort of thing on my shoulder of, oh God, I shouldn't be doing this. I should get someone else to do this for me. And you should just never, ever do that. Just upskill yourself so you can do everything because um, A, it gets you jobs because you can do a range of things, not just one thing, but B, it makes you feel so much better as a person to be able to do it yourself. And, and when you get to like, so I moved from stage management into production management and I still felt really nervous about asking anyone to do anything for me because if I don't know how to do it myself, uh, it, it um, really perturbs me into asking anyone else to do it because I don't understand the skill or, or process that it needs to do that. So um, I would just say try and understand how everything works, I would have said. So you're not intimidated when it comes to running teams or being part of a team to get involved in everything, um, especially as a woman in theatre. Um, it's really easy to box yourself into certain categories within this industry and get, because there are certain things. I mean, I'm, I'm associate producer at the moment and there are very, very few women who are producers and it's really interesting now. And I wish I'd spoken up sooner, even in terms of that role, to try and do that. But I always saw it as a role that men did, if I'm honest, and that, that I couldn't have a voice in it. And I'm only just realising in the past sort of three, four years how important it is for women to have a voice within this industry. I know I've slightly gone off on a tangent there, but um, that's what I would have said. And it really all did stem from me wanting to do some woodwork and knowing how things work and being told I didn't need to know that. Um, you can get told a lot in all industries that you don't need to know something and people only ever tell you that so they can know more than you and keep you down. Well, don't let them do it. Upskill yourself and rule the world. Yeah, I'll, I'll go into song in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's really good.
Um, I completely agree with what Helen's saying. I was just nodding along like, yes, love this. Um, probably some advice I'd probably say, be patient. Um, as they say, Rome wasn't built in a day. When I, when I was 18, I think I thought the first job I'd get out of my, after my levels would be the job I'd have forever. That's very much not true. Um, and yeah, so, and I think also as well, don't kick yourself when things don't work out in the way you thought they would. Um, or for being a bit different. Like I said, I didn't go to uni and I think at the time I was really worried that it would set me off on not the path I wanted to do, but I think I've done either the same or better than I would have done if I went. I've worked with people that have been, that have graduated Oxford University, but I've also worked with people who didn't quite finish their GCSEs. It, it doesn't matter, you shouldn't kick yourself for things that you can't quite accomplish or you're expected to do. You, you'll, as long as you keep yourself motivated and push forward, you'll always end up where, where you're supposed to be. Um, and I'd also probably say, um, maybe stop forcing myself to pretend that I like coffee. <laughs> I think working in like an office job, everyone expects you to like coffee and I just sit there trying to, I don't like it really. But yeah, don't worry about being different and always be patient with yourself, I'd probably say. That's, that's really great. Thank you. I think a lot of people will be inspired by that or like take notes and that. Um, I'm sure a lot of people will now, after hearing all this, will now maybe want to start a career in the arts and behind the scenes. Thank you so much for being on the episode today. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. That's all for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. We have some more episodes in the In On The Act podcast series from the Storycast Young programmers coming soon. And we hope you will come back and listen to them all. Thanks so much for tuning in. See you next time. Bye.